With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nadkarni. For the second time in one week, lucky me. <laughs> Rohan, the draft ended about 12 hours ago. I know it's your favorite night of the year, so much so that you texted me multiple times begging to start this show as early as we possibly could today. How are you doing now that it's over? No, it's just been a thrilling 12 hours since the draft ended. Um, nothing to comment on. It was an exciting morning <laughs> waking up. Uh, at 7 a.m. on the West Coast and reading the news before doing this was just uh, love the draft and love the quick turnaround for the early morning podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just just only good things happening to me right now. So very excited. I am excited to do a second podcast in one week. I'll say that genuinely, Um, you know, love, love hopping on here, doing the pod. I'm excited for the off season in general. I feel like we're going to get some good emails. I know we got some new segments we're going to debut. So I, I am excited about doing a second pod in one week. I'll say that. We have new segments that we're going to debut. What, what is is this is this breaking new breaking news for me? No, I think that people have been calling. Oh, I know for, what you're talking about. I know what you're talking lo- about asking for the Love Island minute, and it, it mm-hmm. things some things are in the works. Some things are in the works. Do you want to give like a teaser trailer now for the Love Island Minute? Is like, has there been an episode yet? Like, can the we let the people know that? The episodes finally started airing in America this week, uh, and things are already getting hot and heavy in the new villa. <laughs> Shout out to Ikenna with the iconic. Uh, he's already dropped some iconic moments. Shout out to Davide, who's thrown a real curveball into the proceedings with his Italian accent and just 
overall hotness. Uh, it's it's going to be a good season. It's going to be a good summer in the villa, Mike. I want NBA comps for the characters on <laughs> Love Island. <laughs> we can make that happen. We can absolutely make that I happen. I might watch the show if, if we do that. <laughs> we'll see. Um, Rohan, on today's show, we will be breaking down the draft. We'll be touching on a few trades and making fun of the New York Knicks. But first, a quick reminder to please keep your emails coming, openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. This is the time for your weirdest, out, most out there emails. Like, yes, please. We're, we we're need getting, them. We're getting to that time of the summer, people. Please hit us with all your emails. It could be about anything, any segments you want to hear on the show. Are we going to rank top 10 duos again this summer, Mike? I feel like that was a real classic episode from last year and maybe one we need to bring back. I, you know... I think that's a great call. I think that might be our number one listened to episode of all time. (laughs) (laughs) So the people who actually enjoyed it, then, you know, put all of the the planning in my hands and that's what you get. The people who, you know, are a little bit more creative than me and uh, all of our listeners who send in wonderful emails, keep those coming in so we don't do a (laughs) part two of the top 10 duos. Um. Yeah, it was. It was that was fun though. I mean, it was, that was absolutely a good episode. ridiculous. Yeah, that was yeah. a good episode. Where would <laughs> I, I had two of the I had two different Nets duos in my top ten? If you remember, did we, okay. So I'm throwing you on, on not under the bus. I'm putting you under the spotlight now. Where did I have Tatum and Jalen? I know I was made fun of for that pick. Was, I know. Did, was that, no, because I two, think I'm three. Was it that high? I don't remember. I think you had them over Steph and Draymond, which was ridiculous. And I ended up being proved right. Uh, I might I might have put eh. Steph and Wiggins above them next season. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is terrible. I did not want to start my day like this. <laughs> um, Rohan, I attended last night's draft at Barclays Center. And before we begin, have you ever been to a draft in person? I have not. I have not. I, <laughs> you, you. My excitement about the NBA draft is well documented. It's palpable. Yeah, uh, it's the ultimate Twitter event. Is is honestly why. But anyway, tell me about your experience. I mean, it, it, you described it. That's a great way to put. It. Like, it's the ultimate Twitter event. It's for NBA Twitter. And I guess in second place, it's a television event. In person, I can't recommend it. It's it's confusing. It's, I mean, it feels like you are antiquated in real time because everything is actually happening on my phone before it's happening with Adam Silver walking out and actually making the announcement. The trades are so delayed. There's an in-house feed where we can't see what's happening on television. So it's like, it's just, it's it's not good. And the analysis of the players, for someone who is not well in, in tune with who is who, I guess you could say, especially this year, uh, I would have appreciated at least like highlights of the players on the Jumbotron. <laughs> it was just like, there was nothing. It was like, I, I, I'm going in cold with everybody. Maybe that's my fault, but I feel like talking to other people who were there, they kind of shared the same experience. So I, I don't re- recommend attending, and I'm actually befuddled by the fans 
who go in person and wear really strange jerseys. Like it's I shout out to under, them, but I, I don't even understand the point of watching it on TV. I really don't. I mean, am I supposed to believe that Kendrick Perkins? Shout out to Big Perk. It's like scouting like late lottery picks. Um, like ESPN is continuing to scoop its own broadcast. It's we just need to tear this thing down and build it from the ground up because it just makes no sense the way we do it anymore. Just like the Supreme Court. Okay, so on SI.com today, I broke down the draft's winners and losers. Uh, it was like a quick reaction piece that will totally stand the test of time. But I think that that's just a fun way for people like you and I to kind of mm-hmm. dive into conversations about the NBA draft. Um, so why don't I start with a winner and we can kind of get the ball rolling from there. Actually, do, should we start with just like reactions to the top? Because actually our text thread kind of fell off a cliff after the first pick. But well, it was... It was I, well, everyone kept telling me that I was annoying them. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was getting excited about the the shocking nature of the top three picks and Jeremy Wu is like, I'm busy, which, okay, fine. But which I understood why Wu was busy. But when you came in with, I'm going to need to mute the group text, I was like, what's that was Mike? a joke. Cause what's, it's always what's a, on mute. What? It's been on like, mute what? for I was like, what's the, the past doing? 15 months. I was like, what's a Mike doing that? He's working the phones. Like, you know, I was, but yeah. So no, I was, I was, uh, I was I was there for some good conversation, but it just okay. it fell off it fell off a cliff after the first pick, basically. But true, you you were surprised. I think you were not the only one. A lot of people were surprised that Paolo Boncaro was actually taken first overall when Jabari Smith Jr. was projected in basically everyone's mock draft, including yeah. our own Jeremy Wu's, and, to go first for weeks. And not only that, I mean Woj reported. Thursday in the morning, morning that yeah. Jabari was still going to go number one, even as the betting markets or whatever, it already started to move in favor of Boncaro. And then that tweet sends them back to Jabari. It was really strange. Yeah, I don't, I just can't remember anything like it uh, in recent memory. I also don't understand. I'm, it's unclear to me when the magic made the decision. <laughs> Like, theoretically, wouldn't you have known, wouldn't you have had a good idea the night you won the lottery who you were going to pick? And now, maybe in the last few days or so, they changed their mind? I mean, maybe they knew all along. It's just really weird. And and who knows if we won't know for a long time if they got it right or wrong, but just strange. And, you know, I think Jeremy does as good a job, if not better, than most people. Uh, scouting these guys, and I know he was really high on Jabari. So, I, I Paolo is probably the player I watched the play the most in college out of these top prospects. I thought he looked NBA ready. I mentioned that on this podcast, but yeah, man, it was really weird. I, I can't remember anything like this recently. So, I think I'm, I, this is not a winner for me. Actually, it might be. I'm stepping on a little bit, but Jabari falling to three real mm. quick, just as we talk about the top, the tippity top of the draft. I feel like they, it's not, I don't know if he's better than Paolo. I don't know if he's going to have a better career. Obviously, the Orlando Magic think that Paolo is a better player for where they are as an organization. But I was always a little um, less than enthused by the Jalen Green Paolo pairing long term defensively. And everyone's saying that Jabari can defend and he's versatile and he's long and he's a great shooter. 
putting that next to a potential, you know, high ceiling um, primary ball handling guard like Jalen Green, who's super dynamic and athletic. I feel like they kind of lucked into that one. With the I like that pick. fit on paper a lot for the Rockets. And I like I like when you get a guy who just gets that little extra motivation boost early in his career. I think that's going to be a nice fit for him. And I, uh, so there was a little bit of confusion, thanks to a since-deleted tweet, about who the Thunder were going to take at number two. Are you surprised at all they didn't move off Chet? No, I'm not. I mean, a lot of people who are really smart think that Chet is the best player in the draft, period, point blank. And the Magic were in a position where they kind of, you know, picking a big... I don't think that you pick for fit at all, and we'll get into that in this conversation, especially at number one overall. But it made more sense for them to go in the direction of a more dynamic ball-handling offensive threat than a tall someone whose whose strengths are defense i guess is it made a lot more sense for Orlando to go in that direction here's, here's my question when was the last time i th- was it Embiid? when was the last time a center was taken in the top three and a team didn't regret it at least a little bit hmm i don't wow i i, I this is like a very easy question that i just like can't answer right my right head is you, in a fog you, right you, now you, you, if you looked at the list i'm sure it'd be easier but I don't know. I just always get a little bit. If oh, what about Aiton? Aiton, Bagley. <laughs> yeah, no. Aiton was definitely the guy who should have gone number one in that trap. And I say mm. that as maybe the biggest Aiton fan, uh, you know, in the national media here. But I don't know. I I I'm a little surprised they didn't think a little bit harder about Jabari, who probably would have been just as great of a fit there. I mean, they could use anyone in any position. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade. At the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with color 
colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Okay, so let's let's get into the winners first, and then we'll we'll dive into the losers. Maybe we'll we'll splice them in, mix things up a little bit. Um, the first big winner that was just so transparent to me was the Detroit Pistons. Um, they get so they had the fifth overall pick in the draft. They get uh, Jaden Ivey. Many really smart people projected or at least had Jaden Ivey as the fourth best player in this draft going to the Sacramento Kings if the Kings kept the pick, if they traded the pick. Whoever had the fourth pick would potentially go with Ivey, who's just this slashing, super athletic, dynamic, um, scoring guard who can kind of jump out of the gym. And... To put him next to, and the Pistons clearly wanted this player, I think, because he's such a complimentary fit with Cade Cunningham, someone that they really need, or at least his rookie year, Cade Cunningham, Cade Cunningham did just about everything on offense, like ran the show, primary playmaker, high usage. His efficiency was terrible because of it as he adapted to the NBA game. And to take some of the responsibility and some of the attention away from him, I think Ivy is just a wonderful fit for him. And they must have been doing cartwheels when he dropped to them in the draft. So that's the first part of why I think they won. But what did you just think of Ivy kind of dropping past Sacramento? I think historically, any time that you can pick after the Sacramento Kings, you're in a good position. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm with you. I, I think that they pick up two players who, you know, can be in the rotation this season, right? I mean, it's a young team. I think those guys are going to get minutes and they're going to get a chance to prove themselves. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I, we, we talked about this, I believe, earlier this week, but getting someone like Ivy to put next to Cade, um, I just like when you can build a team of young players and there's not a lot of positional overlap, which is what mm-hmm. the Pistons have here. Uh, so, you know, while everyone will want touches, et cetera, you don't have, uh, young guys literally at the same position fighting over the ball, things like that. So yeah, I like it a lot for them. Uh, I'm, I was surprised there wasn't maybe like a flurry of activity teams trying to get to four, maybe some teams made offers, et cetera. But it seemed <laughs> again, we, it, me less so than you even, are not draft Knicks here, but it did seem like everyone was talking about this as a four-player draft with Ivy as the fourth-best prospect. And then for him to not go four, it just 
it doesn't make sense to me. And I understand that the Kings had a lot of guards, etc. But yeah, honestly, anytime you can pick after the Kings, you're in a good spot. They took Jimmer Fredette instead of Clay Thompson. They took Bagley instead of well, just like a lot of guys who are awesome. Um, Luca, Trey Young, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, they were my number one loser. I think or number they were in the top three for sure for losers for me. The Sacramento Kings, and this isn't like. I guess. All right, we'll just jump to the loser brand of category right now, um, and just talk about Sacramento instead of jumping to them later. But like for them to. Like, I don't want to jump on who they picked and say that that dude was bad, Keegan Murray out of Iowa, but the idea of kind of drafting for fit at number four overall, which is seemingly what they did, a guy who's 22 or about to turn 22 versus Ivy, who's two years younger, I think. They want to win now. I just, I just, I disagree with that philosophy. Maybe they they truly believe that he's the better player, but and maybe he will end up being the better player. But I just can't give the Sacramento Kings organization the benefit of the doubt with anything. So that's where I'm coming from with my criticism. I hope people understand. I'm sure Kings fans understand. Yeah, um, yeah. We want Keegan. We want Keegan Murray to be great. Like I, I, I hope he does work out. But I'm with you. It's just the thought process behind it. It's just been a baffling set of moves since they traded Halliburton. Uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's nonsensical, and it's hard. It's hard to talk about without sounding like you're you're dumping on the kid who they pick. Who again? We want to be good. We believe he can be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. And I don't want to rehash the Halliburton trade, which we talked about at length on this podcast, but... Disaster. It's it's just... <laughs> I just have no idea what they're thinking or what their pathway is. And, you know, I, I think Sabonis and Fox on paper is a... It can be fun and intriguing. I just don't know... Stay tuned for part two of the top <laughs> ten duos. Maybe, yeah. they crack, maybe they crack the list. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, on paper, I mean, you know, I feel like they make more sense than Brown and Tatum. Uh, less turnovers, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's just it's just kind of depressing, and it feels like it, when they're headed sooner rather than later again to just blowing this whole thing up, but maybe they're too stubborn to do that now. I don't know. It's just weird. It's a weird mix. They're definitely too stubborn to blow things up. So getting back to the Pistons, um, they traded Jeremy Grant. We can talk about an actual NBA player getting moved to the Portland Trailblazers earlier this week. Um, that trade, I feel like the 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 Pistons were kind of made fun of a little bit on NBA Twitter for what they got in that deal, which was a 2025 top four protected first round pick from the... Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks, which moved again draft night. Yes. So going back to why I think the Pistons are winners, um, they take that pick and they flip it in one of the just most complicated, annoying, messy three team transactions that I can recall trying to digest in real time with the Knicks and the Hornets. 
Um, I'm not even going to try to explain what happened. Well, it's actually a four-teamer because I think the Thunder are technically a part of it as well. I, if that's true, then my brain is leaking out yeah. of my ears right now. But bottom line is the Pistons walked away um, with Jalen Duran out of uh, Memphis, who is a really intriguing, athletic, bouncy center <clears throat> Lob those, pitcher. Those are the kinds of centers I want to take chances on later in the lottery. Very young. A uh, lot of upside. Obviously, they still have beef stew, but I don't think anyone... Everyone loves beef stew. I don't think beef <laughs> stew is the starting center on a championship team anytime soon. So, I like that they basically flip... And they take Kemba Walker back from the Knicks, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about the Knicks later. But Who they're buying out. Yes, they will buy him out. They take that salary, and, like, getting Duran for Grant, just see, uh, like, that's much better than this future first that will not be a good first-round pick in all likelihood because that team has Giannis Antetokounmpo on it. Um. So I like I mean they got like two foundational pieces like that complement one another in one draft when you already have Cade Cunningham on your roster and Sadiq Bay on your roster like I just love I'm buying all the piston stock I guess is the Yeah TLDR. and they still have cap space I mean they can still go out uh maybe try to work something for DeAndre Ayton etc I think they've positioned themselves really nicely I mean this all really starts with the fact that they picked Cade who we both think is going to be a really really good player uh who already is a really good player and I'm with you. They they have a lot of young players and not a lot of overlap. I don't like they have guys who I think can kind of grow naturally together. And I'm with you. Like Duran, those are the kinds of players that, to me, I'm just surprised that they they always fall so much in the draft because they, he's like one of those guys that I think can have a high floor in this league. He can kind of come in with a defined role and grow from there. He's not going to be asked to do too much. Yeah, I think they're in a really good spot, and I think they're set up to have an interesting free agency as well. Not that they're going to go out and sign Kyrie Irving or something like that, but they do have some money to play with. I think they can be aggressive. Uh, they to have a lot that. of they have a lot of money. They were tied to Jalen Brunson and DeAndre Ayton, as you said. Brunson, I feel like, is not as much of a need or an interest mm-hmm. now that they have Ivy, um, and technically, they also have Killian Hayes on the roster yeah. for now. And they have, they have the Olenek contract, which they can move to. Um, sure. But with that cap space, the one player who's really interesting to me, and I would love to see if they actually throw a max offer sheet at, is your boy, Miles Bridges, hmm. from Michigan. Now, that's a, that's a fascinating one. I don't know if you've, you've, you've contemplated that. Um or what his fit could be. But if you were trying to, like, I don't even know. Like, they could make the play-in next yeah, year. Yeah, that would be a really interesting, fun, athletic team if they were to get Miles Bridges. It would be nice to see Miles play with an actual center. Um, yeah, that would be fun. I think that would be really fun. And I, I would be surprised if there weren't any interest there. As you mentioned, he's from Michigan, went to Michigan State. Uh, I like that fit a lot, and I think that he's young enough that he's not on a completely different timeline uh, from their current core. So I think that one's really interesting. I like that name a lot for them, Mike. So let's 
let's uh, bounce along to losers connected to this winner here. Um, the New York Knicks, I think they were just, people were kind of, I don't want to say like shell-shocked or anything, but... I think the Knicks thing, I'm I'm coming around, I'm, I'm think I'm going to be backlash to the backlash guy for the Knicks. So what I wrote in putting them as losers is you can't judge the Knicks until off, the offseason's over. Mm-hmm. Because the draft is so tied to free agency, clearly what they wanted to do, I think, is get as many first-round picks as possible as trade assets, attach them to the bad salary that they have or the undesirable salary that they have. Evan Fournier, Alec Burks, I don't know who else, maybe... Nerlens, Derek, Derek Rose, yeah. Sure, get off those contracts and, uh, you know... Give Jalen Brunson a hundred twenty million dollar contract potentially be a landing destination for Kyrie Irving is also something that should be considered. Um, so they like we can't just kill them, but I put them as a loser because it's like you had the eleventh pick in the draft. You're not good, right? Like you're not a good team. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I understand the the fear of drafting another Kevin Knox and just being like, crap, we wasted another pick. Maybe you don't have a lot of faith in your scouting department or your development staff, which maybe that's fair if you're the next. Maybe they didn't love this draft. Sure, that's also true. But you are a team that just habitually goes fishing in free agency and it never really works. And so for them to do that again... It's just like you're not learning from your mistakes as a team that... And it's like, okay, let's say they get Jalen Brunson, who all signs point to either this is a, a ploy by Brunson to get the Mavs to pay him the max, uh, like a five-year max, or he's going to go to the Knicks on just a wild salary. And I like Jalen Brunson. I think he's cool. I think he's a really intriguing player, <laughs> productive player. It's like, what are we like doing here? If like, like, honestly, like, who is what? What are you doing as a basketball team if Jalen Brunson is your starting point guard, making near max money, and over here you're developing RJ Barrett, and you still have Julius Randle on the roster for the time being, and I don't know what Mitchell Robinson's going to be doing for the foreseeable future. His contract situation's a little murky. You just have so many questions as a team. And, like, what you should be doing is, like, building through the draft still with your young pieces, Obi Toppin, R.J. Barrett. Let's build around these guys. And instead, it's like we are fast-tracking things a little bit with trying to hunt in free agency. I, I just don't agree with that philosophy at all for this team right now. So that's why I had them as a loser. I hear you out. I guess to play devil's advocate a little bit, Brunson's only 25 years old. Uh, he's going to be 26 later this summer. He, I think, has shown to be a really solid player, somebody who can be very effective in the playoffs. Uh, they've needed an answer at point guard for a long time. I don't think he's too far removed age-wise from the rest of their core. Uh I think he'd be a good get. I think he'd be a good get. Um, and, you know, I, I think to me what's more important is that they don't double down because they have cap space. I think that's the bigger mistake they've made in the past. What this front office has shown 
at least with the contracts they gave out last year, is they're not going to give out a ton of silly long-term money. At the end of the day, they still have Burks, Fournier, Noel, and Rose are all, they all have team options for next season. So they're all essentially expiring contracts. Uh, so they have the, you know, kind of the, the late picks to move them, but I do think those contracts are pretty movable because they're expiring. Uh, and so even if they don't get Brunson, I'm with you. It's not ideal to have moved off a later lottery pick that can help your team, but those guys aren't guaranteed. And I think that to me is the more important thing here is that they don't waste their cap space just for the sake of wasting it. Maybe they give out a couple big one-year deals and, and kind of keep rolling into the free agency game. Uh, I, 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 had to tr- I had to grade the trade. I gave them a C for right now. Just, you know, they're kind of treading water. Let's see what happens uh-huh. in free agency. To me, I, if they end up spending the money, let's say they don't get Brunson and they end up just handing out a bunch of bad contracts, then yes, it's the Knicks being the Knicks of old and it's a complete disaster. But for right now... I think it's salvageable, even though I generally I agree. Yes, you should just kind of put together as many lottery picks as you can, especially when you're in the state that they're in. They shouldn't buy into that kind of fluke first round playoff run that they had where they ended up winning one game that series anyway. But at the same time, it's just like you're skipping steps. That's just how I, I see it. You're consistently skipping steps and, you know. I just don't know what your path is to winning a playoff series, let alone making the playoffs if Jalen Brunson is, like, yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. I, to me, it's more – I wish they could get Brunson and find a way to move off Randall. Then I would be really excited about this summer. Um, and I would I would be – even if you're not building a playoff team, I would like bringing in someone of Brunson's caliber. You move off Randall and are able to get – some other interesting pieces there. Cause I actually like, I like what someone like Noel can do as a backup big on a playoff team. I, like Toppin had his moments last season. Barrett second half of the season really came on strong. They have some interesting pieces. The Randall elephant in the room, I think is kind of their biggest problem right now. What would your reaction be if they signed Kyrie Irving to a max contract? That would be hilarious. And honestly, I think it's, it's the one team I think I would not – I mean, I don't care if any team wants to give Kyrie Irving a max contract. Like, do you? It would be – I would encourage the Knicks to do it just because of how funny it would be to sign him away from the Nets. There's always that little brother complex the Nets have. And both teams are like, we're living rent-free in your head. No, we're living rent-free in your head. Like, blah, blah, blah. It would just be too funny to see the freak out from Nets fans on Twitter if the Knicks signed Kyrie. So I want that to happen. I'm not sure who the little brother is. Who's it's the still little brother? The Nets. It will always Are they be both the little Nets. brothers? It will always be the Nets. <laughs> it will always be the Nets. That's very sad. Um, imagine if the Knicks were your older brother. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... 
or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade. At the Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day savings event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Yeah, we just touched on the the Blazers, Uh-oh. okay, with Jeremy Uh-oh. Grant, and I think <laughs> we have not had the Rip City Royston report in a minute, and I feel like right now is as good as time as any. Um, Shelby, the Portland Trailblazers are are back. Am I wheeling am, and dealing? I mean, this is just uh, the pick that they that they made at number seven. I would love your thoughts on that. I would love your thoughts on Jeremy Grant. I would love your thoughts on potentially at some point. I don't know if OG Ananobi, if that if that's a pipe dream, and your thoughts on those rumors. Just what are your what are your thoughts, Shelby, on the state of the Portland Trailblazers right now? Well, you say they're back. They never left the one. <laughs> Like I didn't, I don't, I didn't forget the 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 trade deadline megapod. Chris Mannix <laughs> was acting like they're never gonna win a game for like ten years. <laughs> they everybody got either hurt or was just sitting down. Like they had. I know we don't all. You're not watching the games. You know, <laughs> you, they had like high school players at the end of the year, but. Like, that's not the roster, guys. Let's all take a second and just calm down. But I, going into the offseason, I had two goals. One, a top three <laughs> pick, which was very realistic. Tragically didn't happen. And them getting Jeremy Grant. Which oh. That, oh. I, that that had been the rumor in Rip City for months and months that they were going to go for him in the off season. I don't I don't really pay attention to contracts. I know like uh, you know they're saying we're gonna our goal is to 
sign a free agent, which they haven't really had success in past years. So I was so surprised that they were able to, A, get him, and for, like, nothing. After they traded away, like, all these huge pieces for nothing mm-hmm. at the deadline. So The Grant trade, I like it a lot. No-brainer. No-brainer. I, li- I like it a lot for Portland. The, the, the number one criticism touching on the contract is that you essentially, with him, his current deal expiring very shortly, you're, you know, you're going to have to pay Jeremy Grant a lot of money, most likely. But if you're keeping Dame and you're on this Dame timeline, then whatever, like, that's fine. Let, let Anthony Simons cook. Let him grow. And... Like, Shaden Sharp, everyone loves him. I mean, he's, like, kind of the mystery pick in this draft, but... They, they, the last time they drafted, like, an 18, 19-year-old Anthony Simons, who's now a perennial MVP candidate. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I see this as nothing but a win. It's true. Um, I would love their offseason if they were to somehow get Ananobi. I really like Josh Hart, and I think he's going to be really good playing next to Dame. Same for Grant. Uh, if they can get a really good 3 and D guy, uh, you put Nurkic there, I think they're going to be fun. I think they're going to be really fun. and I think that the CJ thing had obviously run its course, and I like the – it's been – I don't know if they've ever really been able to throw three – solid 3 and D-ish wings out next to Dame. I don't think that's ever happened. No. I would love Ananobi. I never saw Josh Hart as a starter. I I agree. I thought he's always been a solid sixth man. I agree. I think it's... I think... I don't know if Ananobi is in play anymore now that they took the seventh pick and Mm -hmm. they seem committed to developing Sharp. We'll see. There's a lot of time this offseason for other shoes to drop. Um, Well, I mean, you know, Simons, he... He, uh, well, how this was his, what, his fourth season, I believe? Uh huh. He didn't even really crack the rotation, and that was like barely until his third year. And so, I don't Also, CJ McCollum. Same thing for CJ. I mean, they don't. Trent, he got in in like the bubble in his second year, and that was like surprising because he was like a second round pick. So, like, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't rush people out. Mm, like, true. who was it? they're not like a we're drafting you other than Dame that was like the last time that he someone's like played year one I think the the difference here obviously is the the front office has changed right um so we'll see how and ownership is just up in the air right now so we'll see how the organizational philosophy shifts there and whether or not they want to give playing time to uh to sharp right away and see do you guys like the Simons long-term fit in Portland I love Simons, so yeah, I, I, I like, like it a lot. I like him a lot. I just the the fit with him and Dame is a little interesting to me. I don't know about it if I'm being honest. Um, he's basically uh, I don't want to say he's more athletic, CJ McCollum, because that's disrespectful. CJ McCollum, unbelievable in between scorer, shot creator, mm-hmm. but like. Anthony Simons won a dunk contest. Um, I thought you were going to say more athletic Dame. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. 
Um, but I, I think it's fine. Obviously, you got your defensive concerns, right? And they need to load up on I just feel like they're going to, like, long they're wings. wildly different ages. I, I just doesn't make sense to have both those guys on the roster for me, and to be completely honest. You know, if they got to cash out, we'll see if they cash out on Simons. I don't think they will. I think that that's a keeper, and Dame's not going to be there forever, but... It's just they're they're straddling two timelines, and we'll see which one breaks. But I feel like it was a happy week for Shelby, a happy week for Blazers fans everywhere. Shelby, thank you so much for your insight and your expertise, um, as usual. Hopefully, we get to have a Rip City of Royston, Rip City report sooner than later. Um, Jumping back to winners and losers here, Rowan, I have a winner for you. You always say that I hate the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, it's one of the purest things about you is the hate in your heart for the Philadelphia 76ers. Of all the moves on draft night that I liked, and I liked a lot of moves, you know, a lot of picks were, were, were made a lot of sense to me. I, I wrote in my column that the Philadelphia 76ers were a winner. I just love the trade. I love the philosophy behind mm. the trade. Um, what they did was they took the 23 overall pick. They tied it to Danny Green, who is not going to play basketball next season, unfortunately, after suffering a gruesome leg injury in the playoffs. They took that. They sent it to Memphis for DeAnthony Melton. And it's just basically I like... I didn't get this move from Memphis at all. So, I mean... Melton didn't play in the postseason quite a bit for them. He was out of their rotation, and but he what had they like cl- had good moments with him on the floor. No, he's he's a he's an awesome player. Um, I think I think it's a couple things like value wise, smart play. I think they clearly saw someone in the draft, traded up, um, got someone that they like. Uh, who plays a position of need for them. They want big wings who can shoot and play make and, and defend um, big forwards. And that's not DeAnthony Melton. And the other thing is, like, Melton, I believe, well, his contract is $8.25 million next season and then $1.5 million guaranteed the following season, $8 million if they were did guarantee it. And... Could be a cost control move there if you're um, if you're Memphis that that could have factored in as well. Obviously, John Moran is going to get a supermax, uh, humongous extension. Desmond Bain needs to get paid a lot of money soon. So there's that. And as a small market team, I think this is smart team building. like, All I'm saying not- is if Kevin Durant somehow becomes available on the trade market, <laughs> yeah. Melton, Melton would have been a nice piece to have. Sure. What, if, what if they're able to throw like Melton, Bain, and Brooks into a KD trade in a bunch of picks? Uh, no. I mean, no? like, what are we... What, I, I don't... I don't know. I can't think once about you, KD trades. Listen, once you start thinking about KD packages, 
I think Memphis can actually put together one of the better ones. So Jaron Jackson Jr. would not be involved? I mean, I think the Nets would certainly want him to be involved. I'm just saying, in this scenario where they had Melton, they're putting Bain, Brooks in there. Uh, you know, they have a, they had a ton of first-round picks. They could throw in a bunch of firsts. I think it'd, it would it would be intriguing. It would be intriguing. I'm also sure. I'm a big Bain fan, which I think you are too. That's um, my guy. Yeah, I don't know. I just it just felt like they punted on him, and I don't like that. I mean, I guess like Melton. Okay, well, let's talk about why it's a it's a win for Philadelphia, sure, which I sure. think is another. Well, it's like yeah, they need rotation players. They had no depth. They need two-way uh, yes. dynamic scorers who can defend in the backcourt, handle the ball a little bit if need be. But most importantly, I think he really compliments, you know, assuming that they bring back Harden. Um, <laughs> sorry, <Yeah>. Harden. <laughs> um, assuming they bring back Harden. A top 10 uh, player in the NBA, according to yes, yes. top 100. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's getting scrubbed from the internet. Um, Embiid. Harden, Maxi, Tobias Harris, Melton is like a that's a very good yeah. five man unit and one that you can close with. It's like a lot of competence on the floor. All scorers, all guys who can put it on the deck. Um defensively you're lacking a little bit, but Melton is like you know, he gets after it on defense. And so I liked it. I like kind of their you know, that's one of the better players you could get with the package of 23 and Danny Green. And so and that's for them to walk away with someone. That's a yeah. fantastic. You'd be very, very fortunate to pick someone as good as D'Anthony Mountain at 23. So, and how Only old 24, is 24 years, years old. old? Yeah. Still getting better. Still getting better. He's been around forever, but still getting better. Um, I really like that pick for Philly. Or that move for Philly. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love it for Philly. It's a... It's a no-brainer for them. They probably weren't going to pick someone that good at 23. Like you said, he fits in perfectly next to the stars they already have. I wouldn't be surprised if he was starting night one. Uh, yeah, that's what I liked it so much for Philly that I don't get it for Memphis. But, you know, I understand the things you're saying. You know, you got to start thinking about the contracts you're going to give out, etc. But, you know, a big reason for their success last year, especially during the regular season, was their depth. Uh you know, it's going to start getting chiseled away at a little bit here, and I'm interested to see how it how it works out moving forward. Yeah, this could spell the end of Kyle Anderson, also who's a free agent this summer for them. You got to think about trying to replace him as well, and I think the couple players that they picked positionally kind of slide in there, so that's something also to keep an eye on. <clears throat> but uh, <coughs> but yeah, I liked I liked what Philly did. Um, another winner. I had in my eyes uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the reason why I had them, obviously, I think Chet is just a really smart, like that could be a, fa- a franchise foundational pick for you <coughs> on both ends. And one of the reasons that um, I was also really high on this uh, on this draft for the Thunder is just... A criticism that you've had for quite a while 
with OKC is that, you know, they've been going through this rebuild and kind of in neutral for quite a bit and kind of, you know, Ponzi scheme activity here, debatably, in the eyes of some, not the eyes of me. I've never used that term. Here you are with it. I think that you probably did at some point, so I'm just going to put those words in your mouth. Um, but <laughs> accelerating the rebuild here, getting a little serious. Accelerating the rebuild by using the number two pick? No, 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 no. They traded th- three future first-round picks to get um, Usman Jang and Jalen Williams with the 11th and the 12th pick, and... That is that's a good sign if you are an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, as opposed to, um, you know, them keeping all of these picks and maybe even trading back as they've done in the past. Um, I liked how they traded up, got three players in the top twelve, and yeah, if you're Shea Gilgis Alexander, like this is something you, you should be excited about. Do you disagree? I mean, I don't think they're a loser, but I'm not ready to call them a winner yet either. Like yeah, you okay. Hate, you, you hate the Thunder. It's clear. I don't hate the Thunder. I actually really like the Thunder. I actually really like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, shout out to Sam Presti. Uh, I just I'm not willing to call them a winner just because they actually use some draft picks. Uh, it doesn't exactly move me that they traded some because they always were going to have to trade some. Uh, you know, and okay, they traded some to make some late lottery picks. That's fine. Uh, I mean, it's better than continuing to punt, certainly, but I'm I'm nonplussed. You know, I'm ambivalent. I also like the type of players that they targeted, like long ball handlers, tall. I think Usman is 6'10", can handle the ball. He can't shoot, which is just like Sam Presti 101, where you just really trust your ability to develop him. He's super young. If he can shoot, that's an unbelievable addition to. I mean, what I think you're it just comes down to me not being sure about Chet. Okay, that's fair. Um, I had someone say that he's like a, defensively. I might have said this on the pod already, but he's kind of like a mix between Rudy Gobert and Evan Mobley, oh except my God. tougher. What? Yeah. Who said yeah. that? I'm not saying who said that, but was that Chet Holmgren's agent? Was that who? Chet Holmgren's family was sitting very close to us at the draft, and they are all. Um, it's easy to see, see that they are related to Chet Holmgren. Uh, okay, I'll just okay. say, yeah. Um, but shout out to the Thunder. Uh, I think that uh, you could see the the outline of like a a promising rebuild finally taking shape. I guess is what I'll say, and like sure. Giddy, Shay, Chet, like that's fun. That's like you know nothing against Poku, and like he's kind of an NBA Twitter <laughs> darling. And I've already seen like so. I think someone wrote a whole column about like the idea of Poku and Chet coexisting. I, I don't know if that's exactly <laughs> in, the, in the in the crystal ball there, um, but it, I think it's it's a fun. It was a fun night for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think their fans should be fired up about it. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from The Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I've been saying a lot of winners and losers. Do you have any winners, losers, thoughts, Rohan? Anything? Detroit was one that I really liked uh, because of the Ivy pick, and then coming back in and getting Duran later. Uh, I was tempted to call the Grizzlies a loser just because I didn't love that they gave up D'Anthony Mountain. That was really it, though. It, it To me, after the top three, it just wasn't that interesting of a draft. There was a lot of talk about movement that never really happened. John Collins stayed put. DeAndre Ayton stayed put. Uh, you know, it was just a lot more straight picking people <laughs> than a lot of trades. And I think that's just going to take a long time to play out. I, my, I think my big take is I'm more neutral on the Knicks than down on the Knicks as many people were last night and this morning. I'm willing to give them a little bit of leeway to see what happens. I would like the Brunson addition for them if they're able to pick him up. So that's I think that's my my big take is like I'm I'm in wait and see mode on the Knicks. Well another loser that I had in my article was just people who want to see trades and we were promised <laughs> trades. Like I don't know. I'm just like, you know, I I enter the draft not really knowing who is who and yeah. who's going to be good. I mean, no one knows who's going to be good. Shout out to James Jones and the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. But trades are kind of 
you know, more my language, more my speed. And Absolutely. I was hoping that we could see a John Collins deal or OG Ananobi or yep. Malcolm Brogdon or, you know, even like a Rudy Gobert trade would have been so exciting. And we didn't get that. So that kind of bummed me out. I'm not going to lie. Like I was. Yeah, I that was a massive like bummer. I was on Trade Watch all night, too. I was getting ready to fire off some more trade grades. Instead, we just got this super complicated next one. Yeah, real bummer about the lack of trades. Real bummer about the lack of trades. I'm surprised that the Hawks didn't do anything. Like, they were rumored to do so many. They were rumored to have so many moves. They had Kevin Herter's name was out there. John Collins' name was out there. Everybody on the roster except for Kongwu, Trey Young, and DeAndre Hunter really were available. We'll still see again. There's a lot of time. The offseason technically hasn't even started. But... Yeah, that was another one where I was kind of like, are they really just going to take the 16th pick and then develop this player? Maybe they will. Who knows? Um, this is why I'm out on the rumor game. Because <laughs> it just, you know, it's whipping everyone into a frenzy. And it's like, just tell me when it happens. You know? <laughs> I feel you. Um, a couple minor winners. Uh we just talked about trades, and that didn't there, happen. How are there any teams left for you to even mention right now? All right, let's hear. I it. told you I had a lot, had a lot of winners. Yeah. Um, the Spurs, I loved. Yes, I loved their pick. Okay, that dude from Baylor. I yeah. don't know how to say his name exactly because it's it's Jeremy not... Sohan. Jeremy so, Sohan. Uh, okay, I love that dude. He's the one player who I remember watching from the NCAA tournament this year. I don't know how I forgot to mention the Spurs as my winner. I totally meant to bring him up. I love that guy. I think he's going to be incredible. And I think he's going to be absolutely awesome playing for Pop. I'm a big Sohan fan. Probably my favorite guy in this draft. Very what? cool. Yeah, he's everyone loves him. And he's like the exact type of player, like classic Spurs pick, right? Like just everybody on NBA Twitter, everybody who analyzes the draft, um, no one's really saying anything bad about him. He's a modern player, fits defensively, guards multiple positions, selfless, can go into any system. Plays with an edge? Yeah. Uh, so I love that pick. Makes a lot of sense for where the Spurs are and who they also already have on their roster. And not trading DeJounte Murray. Also, big win for the Spurs. It's his name really, rumors, really crazy how many rumors his name is popping up into. I don't I, I don't like that. I, you, I don't. I, I'm not surprised you don't like it. I don't like it because it's like, I don't think the Spurs are trying to squeeze value out of DeJounte Murray. I don't think that it makes any sense whatsoever to get scared about paying him the max when his current deal expires. Like he's young. He just made an all-star team. He improves every single year. He's exactly what you, you go down the line. Every team that's good is like, I wish we had DeJounte Murray. How do we get DeJounte Murray? It's like, he's just a cultural tone setter for the Spurs and a team that's trying to build itself back up. He's the last player. I want to say, yeah, he is the last player from who, who's played with Manu and Tony and was there when when Tim Duncan was on the sidelines and around the organization every day. And, like, I think that matters. So I, I would just be stunned if they moved him. I don't think they're trying to. And to see his name in all these rumors, just like, I don't know. It's kind of silly. It's a bummer. I hope they don't move on from him. Yeah, it'd be nice if they could find a way to get a star 
uh, in San Antonio without having to give up too much because, like, Sohan, DeJounte, those are nice pieces. Those are nice pieces. I liked what the Hornets did in just getting their center. Yeah, got like the they, center they, they wanted and then moved got, on the other pick, and yeah. I like that um, Mark Williams, my guy, my boy. Um, God, they desperately needed a center. Yeah, and they got one who I think could be maybe the best defender in this whole draft. We'll see. Uh, I, Especially since Montrez now might not be playing the start know. of the season. I, yeah, he's got some off-court issues that he's dealing with uh, <laughs> right a, now. Dude, I watched I watched Sicario last night, and I was just almost expecting Montrez <laughs> to pop up. <laughs> I also liked um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They also needed a five. They got uh, Walker Kessler out of Auburn uh, with the 22nd pick in the draft. And you would watch the Timberwolves in the postseason. And it's just like, man, if they had one more big, they need one more big so badly. Um, he was named, I think, the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year in the NCAA last season with historic block rate numbers. So putting Cat at the four for spells and letting him be at the five, rebound, protect the rim, all that stuff. Uh, I think that's that's a, a really smart pick by Tim Connolly and um, that new front office regime over there. So those are another two just like minor winners that I liked. Uh, but yeah, fun overall, I guess, draft. Uh, wish there was more stuff that happened. Was it fun? Was it fun overall? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. The Celtics <laughs> didn't have a first round pick, and I, my my emotion is just like not as into it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Intellectually, I'm there, but like my heart is not as into it when the Celtics don't have a first round pick. So that's the last thing I want to say. And I wish that they they did. But we love Derek White. You know? How about the we Miami Derek Heat? White. How about the Miami Heat scooping up Nikola Jovic? Uh, best name in Obviously, the draft. Yeah. I wish the Nuggets got him. That would have been <laughs> a lot sick, cooler. Yeah. But what do you have? Have you been watching the tape? Have you, like, oh, do you have any? I've been eating Jovic tape since last <laughs> night, dude. Are you kidding me? My God, what he did in the Serbian U nineteen league? Come on, dude. Star we, written all over him. Do we have any um, six you know, ten I, handle Hezzy pull up Jimbo? Um, <laughs> um, I'm a fan of the pick. I'm a fan of the pick. Well, that's good. Um, did you did you sit through Pat Riley's eleven fifty p.m. press conference or you didn't? Well, it was that early one? early for me, so I just once again followed it on Twitter like a normal person. Um, I don't think uh, that's a stunning Pat Riley pick. I'm not gonna lie, he was the first him, European. Him taken. a using a first round pick, b taking a foreign player, two things that he normally does not like to do. So it could he could be special. Uh, we will see. Dude, Spo, give Spo a chance to coach anyone up, and I'm confident they can be a useful player. You see your boy Max Struess on the, I think it was on the, the stadium. How did, we, how, did he not, how did we not book him for this podcast? Stadium now got that him? We know he's ava- now that we know yeah, that he's we gotta available. Be able to, we got to be able to book Struess, man. Come on. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, that was interesting. It was funny. They're like asking about Katie and Kyrie. And he's like, "Yep, pretty crazy." Like trying not to say anything. 
Oh, man, the draft. Uh, well, I think that that's honestly going to do it for today's show. I think we, we peaked at the Hezzy Jimbo um, <laughs> scouting report. There's really no <laughs> topping that. Uh, thank you, Rohan, for your expertise and your insight. Thank you so much to Shelby. I don't think I, I thank Shelby as much as I should. of but the, the Royston Rip City Report. Just shout out to Shelby it, in general, man. What a legend. Yes, absolutely. A lot of fun. Thank you so much to our listeners for the emails. There were a few about the draft. I'm sorry we didn't get to them in today's show because... You know, it's just that we had so much to get through. Um, so, well, some Mike of them were had, vulgar. Mike had, Mike had so many winners that he had to list. I did. I did. Um, some I have of them to get were it out vulgar? There, you know? Some of them were vulgar. They came from Sacramento Kings fans. Oh, no. I, maybe I should have read one or two. Shout out so to my apologies. homie Zach. Zach Venero, my my big Kings fan. I'm sorry, buddy. Little things mm. will, you know, don't give up hope. But, no, we need the emails, man. It's going to be a long summer of I us. Know. Uh, you know, talking about emails, might be time to start the open floor movie club, you know, mm-hmm. just send in any and all suggestions. What segments do you want to hear, et cetera? Like, you know, let's get, let's get the emails pop. And, you know, I know that we're committed here to, for Love Island, but you know, married at first sight season starts in two weeks. <laughs> Everyone, if you know, you know, that's all I'm going to say about that. So, <laughs> no, you know. <laughs> so um, how does, what is a normal married at first sight episode? Like, is it a different a, couple I mean, each episode? No, there's, there's five couples and five. Well, last season, the fifth couple was like the fifth, at first sight, they were like, "I'm not." The, the woman was like, "I'm not doing this." So there <laughs> was only the four couples like, last season. I thought the whole was they have to get married the first time they see each other. Yeah, she was. She wasn't a good person. No one really liked her. <laughs> um, but yeah, they basically get. They go on a honeymoon. They move in together. They go on uh, trips. Uh, and just a bunch of stuff from episode to episode, but it's, it covers all of the couples, and they all live in the same apartment complex typically. And every season is a new city, so I think this so new the, season so like is they're San married. Diego. They're married to start the season, and then it's following them in the immediate aftermath of this. Right, the first episode, first couple episodes, are like the weddings and the first nights, and then the next day they all. The next day, they all go on the honeymoon, and, and so they um, they get married through the show. Like they're like, "I want to be on the show," so they're like, "Super, congrats, yeah." There's a, there's a, there's a big process. A lot of there's a big tryout. There's hundreds of people who who want to be married at first sight. Again, if you know, you know. It's just like the most. Um, there's really nothing. Like, you can't have better television than this. Should program. I try out? Should I try out? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. I'll give you contact information. <laughs> Why do you have contact information? Um, I'm a loyal, diehard you're an, you're an fan industry, of the show. You're an industry plant. You're a- That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I don't even know how we got on this little tangent Well, we're looking here. for segments. We're looking for segments. Yes. Hopefully they have to do with basketball. Yeah. Um, but Married at First Sight, keep it real. Um, yes. Everyone, uh, on that note, everyone, please stay safe. Everyone, please continue to enjoy the NBA offseason. Whoa.
Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org/cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.